Do we want to record the video or not? Or we decided not to? Today? Well, anyway. Just record the video anyway. You have a nice haircut. <laughs> <laughs> it was a compliment. <laughs> it didn't, didn't sound like one. Yeah, I know. I wasn't trying hard. Hello, I'm Michael. I'm Radek. And this is the podcast. A sounding board for interesting ideas and insights. We discuss books you really want to share with you. As well as technology and productivity, which is what we do by day, working on app, Nosby. Or whatever else comes to mind. And today we're back with the books. Yes, we are. Um, uh, we haven't discussed new books that we've read in quite a long time. Uh, but uh, some time ago you've mentioned briefly... Um, the book, uh, The Four Tendencies, I think it's the title of it, by Gretchen Rubin. Yes. And uh, I was looking at Gretchen Rubin's books. I've read none of them before. And one uh, seemed really interesting for me and uh, relevant. And it's called Better Than Before. Yeah. Uh, Gretchen Rubin, I've read all of her books. <laughs> uh, she's uh, She's been uh, on the cover of Proactive Magazine. I had the pleasure of interviewing her. She's a very, very um, nice person. And she... Uh, became important or uh, famous for her book uh, on uh, happiness. Uh, she did the happiness project, which was like, you know, a whole year of different experiments, uh, how to be happier. And uh, better than before is like another step. And it's more about habits uh, mm -hmm. that can hopefully also improve your happiness. Um, yeah. And uh, I like her stuff. And uh, and this book was was, was really good. And then the next one, the four tendencies, is uh, is uh, actually my my favorite because uh, it's like it takes one thing from this book and just expands on it. But anyway, this one was really good. Okay, so uh, better than before is a book about habits, and anyone who's been listening to the podcast knows that uh, we put a lot of thought into our habits. Habits are essential, like our lives, or so much of our lives is uh, is defined by our habits and whether they're good habits that support us and our our um, projects and then what we want to achieve or our bad habits that just suck out energy out of us that's that's going to be very crucial in um, whether or not you you're happy whether or not you're successful and and whatnot and um, to anyone who hasn't read it uh, the Power of Habit, the book Power of Habit by by Charles Duhigg is is a classic. It's the fundamental sort of knowledge about habits, habit formation, how habits work on a neurological level. It's very much worth reading. Well, better than before is is more of a um, a book of of strategies. It, it's somewhat more practical, I, I would say. Power of Habit is sort of fundamentals, and it's worth reading. And I got a lot out of it. Uh, but in better than before, there's a lot more exploration on different strategies or sort of hacks you can you can try to apply to to model your your habits and and cultivate good ones and overcome bad ones. I mean, in in, in her book, the the cool thing is that she doesn't put everyone in one you know box or one uh, you know one bag that everybody is the same and everyone basically can have um uh, the same types of habits or way work um uh, the same way it's just a question of trying harder mm -hmm. uh, she she uh, in many ways she just uh, 
distinguishes between different people, different tendencies, different uh, uh, types of people, types of personalities, and and in in some cases even some things that I thought are changeable. She argues that they are intrinsic and they are like they mm. are changeable if you really try real hard. But but these things are real. I mean that that people are different. <laughs> Yeah, uh, there's a whole interesting discussion at the beginning of the book before uh, strategies about differences between people. And and then she argues that, that there are, as you say, interesting differences between uh, people that, that should inform which strategies are likely to work or, or not. Um, because like the, the whole thing about habits is really interesting because if you decide that something is a good habit or, or a bad habit, it's your decision to make that that you consider something uh, a, a good or, or a bad habit. And yet, like, why is it that so often people can get into a habit of doing things they enjoy, like things they, they think are, are better or right or even like enjoy, like uh, people who enjoy running, but it can get to a habit of, of doing it, right? Uh, like uh, that's why it's it's the sort of topic where strategies and and, and sort of brain hacks are are necessary. Uh, but uh, before we start with uh, discussing some of the most interesting um, uh, some of the most interesting strategies, and Gretchen Rubin uh, pointed out, uh, why don't you summarize for us um, some of the differences between people that Gretchen Rubin uh, points out? So something that she later elaborates in her newest job, newest um, work, uh, four tendencies. She already mentions them in this book, the four tendencies of people. So, um, and it's a, it makes sense if you think about it. Like, um, she argues that some people are motivated by, you know, internally, or some people are motivated by external factors. And then there are mixes of these kind of people. So, um, uh, obliger uh, is a person who is... N- like who sacrifices themselves they, they are motivated by other people's input from the mm-hmm. outside but not from from the inside not not by their like um uh, by their own motivation and then uh, questioners are uh, motivated by their own motivations but they but they are questioning the the external and and when they get an answer that satisfies them it becomes their internal and it motivates them to go and then that sounds like me and you exactly that's us that's the completely us and then there are upholders which is for example my wife upholder is a person that respects inner um, motivation and outer motivation so they are the people who um who know that you know if something has to be done it has to be done and because you know it's internal it's external it's both uh, they 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 keep it up and then rebels are neither <laughs> they don't have any external or internal motivation they they are the ones who can shoot themselves in the foot just to get to somebody so um <laughs> they are um really confused uh, because they uh, uh, they don't respond uh, to logic <laughs> they sometimes you know they, they rebel uh, against the, themselves or against other people just for the sake of doing that so um, so that's it. That's it. Four tendencies, like f- two different factors, internal, external, but mm-hmm. beca- how they are mixed decides on the um, on the tendency. And uh, according to Gretchen Rubin, she made some research on that. Um, uh, obligers 
are are the ones who are the most i mean the most common type mm-hmm. of person that's why our schools and factories are structured in the way that they are structured mm-hmm. um so people respond to external motivation then questioners and upholders are next um, and questioners are are yeah there are lots of lots of them there are still lots of them but you know not as many as, as, as obligers uh, because people want to have things you know answered um and then um, upholders, and then rebels uh, are the the, 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 the the rare traits. So mm-hmm. people who are re- responding to both internal and external, and rebels who are not responding to neither. So um, that's basically it. Uh, one of my daughters seems to be a rebel, and uh, to get to her, it's really hard. <laughs> I see. Gretchen also um, made other distinctions uh, between people, um, perhaps less uh, less important than than that one, which uh, was sort of mo- she emphasized that the most. But uh, there are things like the way someone uh, frames problems, like people who are motivated by making things better, or people who are motivated by preventing things from getting worse, or yeah. people who prefer uh, prefer familiarity or novelty. Uh, or here's an interesting one: uh, people who are motivated more by incremental changes or radical changes. Now, I'm I'm not sure. It, 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 like to me, that that seems like a false dichotomy. I'm I'm a bit of both, depending on the situation. But mm-hmm. it, it's really interesting how, uh, for some people or in some situations, for some habits or some projects, incremental changes are are much easier because you're you're not overstressing yourself. You're not trying too much uh, at once. But it's it's it was easy for me, for example, to to think that you know it, it's always the, the best way to to not try too hard because it's so common to shoot for the stars and in the end shoot yourself in the foot. But sometimes, like radical changes are like sometimes for some people for some habits, radical change is actually much more effective because uh, radical changes are exciting. Like th- th- there's there's this whole sort of big movement that that you've decided uh, on that you'll make some big change and you start restructuring everything around it to make it easier Um, so that's something to to keep in mind but um, I think we should discuss some of the strategies okay Um, which one will start so um, I think we should uh, just quickly go through some of the the very common ones that, that she discusses like um Un- uncluttering uh, for like, like it's it's interesting that clutter shouldn't matter but it does like if, if you if you yes. live in a sort of cluttered environment for most people it really makes it harder to work on other habits uh, it, it's a sort of keystone thing that you uh, it's it's this bro it's like broken windows theory right like with graffiti and and and, and stuff like when you create order it's uh, on the on the outside it's easier to create order on the inside. That's one thing. Uh, another thing that's very common is is monitoring, and we've discussed this on on the show with the magic spreadsheet. It's it's a way of tracking data about yourself, about I don't know whatever you care about, your weight, your mm-hmm. um, the number of hours spent in deep work, and uh, when you have the data, it's it's easier to to stick to a habit, um, a clean slate. So uh, taking advantage of some new beginning. Uh, as an opportunity for habit formation, like when you have some some change in in your life, um, like especially a, a big change, like a new house, a new job, like that can be a, a trigger uh, for habit formation because you've changed the environment around you, and so 
like it's a clean slate. And when you start doing things anew, better in that environment, it's much easier to 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 stick. Yeah, I mean, for example, in my, in my case, when I was um, just just recently, I like recently, like last year, when I switched to the new iPad Pro, mm-hmm. it was my I don't know how many like iPads I had before, but a I, lot. I decided. Exactly. So I decided let's try new. Let's let let's not get from backup. Let's just try it, com, 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 configure it completely new, and it influenced the way I'm working on my iPad now. It because mm. I, I I I use different apps now. I have a different settings. Like it's really changed my behavior. Like this kind of as as I said, clean slate. So so every now and then to give yourself uh, this clean slate. Uh, yeah. Again, this this is very similar to the uncluttering thing that you know something new, something clean, something you know fresh start uh, gives you a fresh p- perspective, and it's uh, and it's very very useful. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the interesting thing that that uh, sometimes like trivial things can be a good enough trigger for habit formation, like a new device, and you 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 start configuring it from scratch or you make a different layout of furniture in your office and that might be enough that like your brain starts making different associations it, it feels like a different place so it's it's sort of clean slate so but it's it's it, like you have to be really careful when you have some sort of a new beginning because the first few thi- the first few times you do something after some sort of a clean slate uh, is likely to to stick hard right yeah uh, or like a, a, a new year a birthday like mm-hmm. you know new year resolutions don't don't work when you don't make a plan we've discussed this in way too much detail perhaps links in the show notes yeah. um but 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 still it it does like if if it matters to you if to you a new year feels special then that is a clean slate and that can be useful uh, another very common um uh, strategy that that everybody knows about is uh, is is streaks Right, trying to keep a streak, mm-hmm. uh, but that also yes. doesn't work for everybody. And like for me, I, I I don't find streaks to be that super useful. I mean, yes, once I am on a streak, it's easier to keep it up than when I'm off the the bandwagon. I have to jump in to some habit, uh, but it's also again like when you start thinking too hard about like too seriously about this streak, it makes it harder for me to jump back in because it, it feels too serious like like yeah. losing the 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 streak makes it difficult to to get back and when you when you don't think about the the, the streak you know when you don't treat it seriously it, it's easier yeah it's, it's it makes a, a stupid mistake of not doing something one day like it, it you know it, it makes it like to a bigger proportion like it was so important so significant because i lost the streak right mm-hmm. uh, i remember when i was on my apple watch trying to keep my you know fitness streak and then when i would lose it i was i was completely devastated you know <laughs> and since come on it's just nothing really yeah um one that is something we've discussed a lot is a strategy of convenience and inconvenience can i explain that yeah, of course. I mean, you know, it's it's all about reducing the barrier of entry. Like if something takes you five seconds instead of five minutes, it's just you're more likely to do it or or get back to it, you know, even if you haven't done it. It's um, very simple. I have a very nice template for posting um, the podcast episodes on my personal blog, and I haven't done that in quite a while. But because I have a very good workflow for that, uh, it took me today, you know, half an hour to create three blog posts. Like, no problem. 
very mm-hmm. not, not, not even that not even that like 20 minutes or something so it was very very quick because i have a workflow because i have something like the barrier of entry is is pretty low so getting back is easier or doing something is consistent is easier same we have workflows for morning routine um uh, the evening shutdown routine like for all these things and uh even now now after vacation it was also so easy so easy to get back to morning routine and so so easy to get back to evening uh, routine just because the barrier of entry is so low yeah but uh th- there's the other half of that the strategy of, of inconvenience yeah of course this is the this is the other part this is the part to deter for example yourself from not doing something right so to make it uh, more difficult like like i remember I mean, I think you're doing that. Like to to post on Twitter, you have to log in or like do some kung fu oh, yeah. really to be able to log into Twitter, and um, and this makes your your um, uh, indulgence of Twitter uh, less likely because you you won't accidentally go to Twitter because it's so much work to log in and yeah. so much work, exactly. and and then that's that's that that's the other part, and uh, it works perfectly for for many you know bad habits or habits that you want to try to exclude from your life or just at least make them less um, less tempting. Yeah, um, it's easier to change your environment than yourself. It it's not useful at all to um, to think of habits, good habits, bad habits as as uh, as flaws or you know uh, to think of bad habits as fl- like like sort of moral flaws in 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 yourself like it just makes you feel guilty and it, it doesn't help you overcome it at all uh, it's just it's a bug we all have in in our brains that sometimes we we uh, keep doing stuff that's not very good for us like uh, start being uh, very compulsive about Twitter right even though it doesn't make us feel uh, that good. Uh, and so it, it's it's a very easy strategy to regulate, um, sort of manage the friction that that you have in order to do something. And if you want to make if if you consider something a, a good habit and you want to do more of, then instead of just pushing yourself, uh, make it so that it's easier, it's more convenient. There's less friction, like um, what you said about automation, but also like you want to. Uh, run more often so you know have your running gear out like you know your your ready. running shoes next to the, the the door just ready for you to put them on and then go right and not have to look for and and you know uh, change clothes and whatever right it, it just makes it as easy as possible and with with uh, with bad habits you know add like make it harder so what you mentioned about twitter so um the twitter website is is blocked using um one blocker the uh the content uh, content blocker for safari uh, like in the show notes and so when i go to twitter it just says you know safari blocks it so i have to reload the page without content blockers and then i'm logged out so i have to log in but i have two-factor authentication so i have to also uh, copy and paste the the two-factor authentication code from from messages and because twitter uh, sucks uh, sometimes it takes like five minutes for the 2FA code to arrive, which is great because I, I don't actually want to spend much time on Twitter. So <laughs> I, I, I don't go to Twitter unless I have a really good a really good reason, right? And so putting up barriers, making it, it harder, adding steps, and also re- reducing cues. Like, you know, uh, when you identify temptations, triggers, like what, 
like when you see something or or are in a certain state a certain mood when when you do something when you are with someone and you see that it's a it's a trigger uh for for some bad habit then you know reduce that 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 cue make it sort of put it out, out of sight yeah for uh, for for me quite a while um the 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 whole thing of 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 changing the cues was 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 uh, working very well and now i have to get back to it actually uh, for example with uh, duolingo Right, so instead of like, mm-hmm. when I would open the the um, the phone, I wouldn't go to Twitter. I would go to Duolingo to do a lesson. Now I kind of forgot about it, and I am way behind. So I have to get back, um, and I will. Um, but but again, this is um, first. This is the whole thing of conscious decision. But second, of uh, as you said creating an environment in such a way that it's just more tempting. For example, what I did on my home screen, I completely changed my iPhone home screen, that on my first home screen are the good stuff, the good things. Yeah. So I have Duolingo on my as, my as one of the apps on the home screen. I have uh, my, my journaling, my uh, workflow, like I, these good, good apps. So I have to scroll to a different home screen to, to see the other apps. You know, and and uh, this kind of thing uh, really influences and and helps and uh, you know of also depending on who you are and how what what triggers you. Uh, of course, it will your mileage may vary, but uh, but yes, but these are universal strategies that that usually work. Yeah, uh, one really interesting sort of hack that uh, the book mentioned is uh, brushing teeth after your last meal, uh, like to avoid snacking at, at night. You know, when ah. you're not really hungry. You don't really have to eat, but you just, you know, you want to just take something, a small snack, and then another one, another one. But like, you've been brushing your teeth since the, you know, uh, since you were a, a child. And if uh, if your parents raised you right, then then probably you you don't have the temptation to eat anything after you've brushed your teeth. Like after you brush your teeth, it's like no eating time, and it's just it's so in, ingrained this this sort of behavior that when you feel the the taste of the aftertaste of toothpaste, you don't eat anything. So after you're done with your last meal, I mean you you can't you might just as well brush your teeth and then to eat something like first of all feels wrong and second of all <laughs> you'd have to brush your teeth again which sounds like work exactly and especially if uh, just like me you're um you're on working on your new habit of flossing then it's just yeah. too much work because if you brush your teeth and then floss then you're like then all, oh. all over again yeah, no yeah. way Mm-mm. all right um so we've discussed this a lot, this, this strategy of convenience and inconvenience. So we'll link uh, to some of our past episodes discussing um, sort of hacks of, of this sort. Uh, but there, there's a lot more. Like those were the, the ones that for me I was already sort of familiar with. But there, are, there were more interesting strategies that I didn't fully think of before. One of them is pairing. So mm-hmm. the idea is that you, you pair... A, a habit that you want to establish with something you already do or have to do or like to do. For example, something I, I do a lot is is pairing walking with listening to a book. Uh, of course. Because I want to listen to a book, then I'm more likely uh, to be at least like in a small way physically have to just go for a, a long walk uh, around the, the city and vice versa. Uh, both things I enjoy doing, but they they um, they make one another stronger. 
or um, you can sort of use it to limit a, a, a bad habit, like um, uh, watching a TV series on, only on a treadmill. So you want to start doing treadmill, but you also like doing TV series. So you pair it together. And so you won't do TV series unless you're on a treadmill. So you do the treadmill. I would like to suggest uh, one of the indulgences of, of my friend, Augusto Pinat, who would order a very tasty but very sweet cup of coffee mm-hmm. only for his weekly review. So he wouldn't, he would never, I mean, he loved this kind of coffee, but he knew that if whenever he would go to Starbucks, he would want to order this. So, so he decided like kind of that he can only have this coffee while doing the weekly review, mm-hmm. which triggers a good habit of doing the weekly review. And this is kind of, this already serves as kind of a reward for doing the weekly review. You get this kind of cup of coffee, now you have to do the weekly review. This, this like, These things go together. And uh, and and um, because he's doing a weekly review once a week, then, you know, he, he has this coffee only once a week. And there is no other, you know, chance of getting, you know, so much sugar and stuff like uh, in between. Yeah, but you know that, that that's better than than nothing. That can be useful like this. But I think it's most powerful, if possible, to use pairing to like pair two good things together. So when, oh, when yes. you have a habit already established and you want to add another one, so just like always do it in uh, in that circumstance at that time and in that place, right? So, for example, um, if you already are in the habit of um, I don't know, uh, going for a, a walk with your dog every morning, then you can use it as a trigger to uh, review the plan for the day or whatever. Uh, I don't know. Uh, just pick two, two, good things, two good things and then pair them uh, together. Uh, and, and this way, like, you already have an established routine, so you're just adding to it. Like, you're, you're not creating something from scratch and you have a, a good cue, right? Mm-hmm. So you're just extending a routine that's already in place. Yeah, exactly. You're riding the wave. Yeah, exactly. Uh, another uh, strategy that I thought was interesting is this strategy of conscious distraction or just wait 15 minutes. So uh, when you have some sort of a, a temptation that you consider to be a bad habit, say, I don't know, uh, you feel like going to Twitter... Um, when you've already done plenty of Twitter for, for the day, self-denial hurts. Like it's, it's you know, it, it, it hurts because like we're depriving ourselves of, of something. We feel like doing something and then we're also telling ourselves that we shouldn't do it and it, it hurts. But um, it might be useful instead of, you know, denying yourself that completely, which really... Uh, really takes out takes a lot of energy out of you uh, or doing it which is also bad decide consciously to just wait 15 minutes before you do it and consciously direct your attention to something else something else that's interesting right decide that okay uh, if I feel like doing Twitter then um, then I might do it but in 15 minutes I'll first do 15 minutes of you know put in something else that's not a bad habit that's engaging and more likely than not within those 15 minutes the temptation will pass and if, even if if not you're still flexing the self-discipline muscles which makes it easier in the future to uh to avoid uh, such temptations yeah it's um 
it's 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 very useful it's uh anyway um being mindful about things is is um is is always a good thing so you know, like you're like uh, accepting this urge or this uh you know this um uh desire and then you just letting it go and just wait and incubate and maybe just go away um it's it's very helpful i've I, i've tried it several times and and usually it works and especially as you said if you direct your attention to something else then this thing that was so tempting just a few minutes ago is not tempting anymore and mm-hmm. uh, it might be tempting later but it's not tempting now another interesting thing is abstaining so uh it's very dependent on the type of person and the, the exact habit but for some people and some habits it's actually easier to abstain altogether from something than to be moderate right because there's no decision to make you've only made the decision once and then never right so instead of um deciding um I'll be moderate about Twitter and I only go once a day. You decide, okay, I'll just stop using Twitter altogether. That's one example. Or um, I decided to abstain from uh, from bread and potatoes. That's something I just don't eat. And it's simple as that. And there's no decision to make. I'm an abstainer of that sort of carbs. For other kinds of carbs, um, more uh, sweet stuff, it will be too difficult. So I prefer to try to be moderate. But for some things, it's just easier to decide I abstain completely. And it it takes less energy, not more, because there's no decision to make. Yeah, and, 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 and it's really helpful because if you're creating... Like if you're deciding not to do something, but then you're creating exceptions, mm-hmm. then, then you're just destroying it all. So the, yeah. the and the fact that that you don't have the exception, uh, like there is, you know, it's predecided, it's done. Uh, this is not what I do, and it's fine. And also, um, then it also makes it easier for other people to help you out or or not to uh, try to tempt you because you already communicate with them. Okay, I don't do this kind of thing, and that's it. You know, Michael doesn't do this kind of thing or whatever. So okay, yeah. I won't ask him again because he won't do it anyway. So, which is which is uh, very useful because many of uh, of people's bad habits or what they think of as bad habits have. Um, are social in nature that there's a social yes. aspect of it there's there's pressure right like people who don't really like drinking alcohol but do it anyway uh, because they feel sort of that it's weird in a group of friends if they don't yeah but then again for example we have a person in a group who doesn't drink at all and then i never propose alcohol to him because i just know it he's not a drinker and that's it yeah exactly but when you're conscious that you know, someone is, is an abstainer, then you won't ask again. Exactly. So communicating that can be can be useful, right? Because if if there's social pressure, then if you communicate to others in sort of uh, no uncertain terms that you don't do X, then people won't propose it to you. And speaking of, of exceptions, like that's that's something that tends to really destroy uh, habits when you everything <laughs> when, when you when you just make an exception right and and just this once just this once Gretchen Rubin calls it loophole spotting mm-hmm. when we make spur of the moment decisions and decisions is in air quotes here uh, yeah. you know little excuses we come up instantly to justify something not good we're just about to to do it's oh man it's it's like um I like how she pointed it out and and gave 10 different variants of loophole spotting 
because like I can identify with many of them. I'll just run, run, run quickly through some of the examples. Moral licensing, like I was frugal last month, so I can sp- spend a lot more this month, which makes no sense. Yeah, right? right. Or I'm going to start my diet tomorrow so I can eat whatever today. Again, it doesn't make sense. You know, tomorrow is always a day away or false choice. I can't exercise because too much work. Maybe, but really? Uh, I won't have time for myself if I go to sleep early. Well, you, again, is is it really true? Really true? (laughs) Probably not. Uh, Lack of control. it, it's it's funny how, how humans uh, tend to pretend they have control over things they don't, but sometimes we deny control over things we can't control. Like, if my phone buzzes, I have to check it, right? No, you don't. Um, or I, th- th- there was a, a story I, I just loved, how someone is a gambler and buys a new car and decides to just go for a test drive of the new car to Vegas. and And I'm pretty sure this person felt this is like perfectly appropriate like i'm i'm just going to to take this car for a spin to vegas right yeah and then lose the car the house and everything else in, yeah. in the process or this doesn't count i'm eating a lot but it's the weekend or it's the vacations or i'm sick or i had a hard day or those are just my son's leftovers so it doesn't count i mean and, and that's why for example the the uh, because everything that you just said, uh, the slow carb diet is so genius mm-hmm. because it's a predecided moment. You have a cheat day. It's decided. <laughs> you can do whatever the heck you want. You can eat whatever the heck you want. It's decided. But just this one day and that's it. And and this doesn't make, you know, the whole game of exceptions and whatever. This exception is in, is, is defined mm-hmm. in the realm of the of the diet. And it's and and then this 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 is so smart of Team Ferris. <laughs> yeah, or um, like it, it's just funny how often we we lie to ourselves that uh, our failures are casual and not habitual failures, uh, and that's also uh, why it's 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 a good idea to track things that you uh, that are really important for you. Uh, like I've been tracking uh, if I actually wake up at eight o'clock uh, or mm-hmm. earlier. And it seemed to me that I'm pretty, doing pretty good at it. And I am doing better at it than ever before. And yet my success rate for the last half year was something like 65%. Right. Right? <laughs> but every time, this didn't count. Or, um, of course. But he, he, here's one example of questionable assumptions that, that uh, sounds very familiar to me. It's 9 a.m. and I have a meeting at 11, so I can't start any serious work right now. All right. Yeah, I can't start. I can't start because my office is not clean yet. And yeah. We so well, about I'll just how important the cleaning is. And yeah, I'll, is, I'll, right? I'll start by checking everything that's new on Slack. See what's new on Mac rumors and Reddit. And there, you, I, I didn't in fact start anything until the meeting at eleven. This is this is a, a, a habitual failure that I've made um, too many times. So uh, good to have it pointed out. Um, or I'm doing this for others. You know, I'm only drinking because I'm with, with my friends. Or it will hurt my girlfriend's feelings if I leave her to go for a run. Yeah. Right. Or um, fa- fake self-actualization. You know, you only live once. Life's <laughs> short. It's about me being myself. Yeah. But is this occasion really so special? Will it really make you feel happier in the long term for indulging in this instant gratification now? Probably yeah. not. 
the you only live once argument. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the the list is 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 there were so many good examples of of loophole spotting, and it, it that was really good. That was good to hear through all of that, because it's it's so insidious, and there are so many different ways in which we instantly come up with bullshit excuses that somehow sound completely reasonable to us at the moment when we decide to do something that we shouldn't do, uh, that that breaks our habit, that um, we should have resisted, right? Uh, and having the, this list is, is useful because it, it it's much more likely that you'll be aware of the, the, the time when you spot a loophole, right? Yeah. And every time you resist the loophole, again, you, you flex the self-control muscles or uh, you can just, just see the, the temptation for what it is. Like, see that you just came up with an excuse, but it's not actually real. Having this list, you know that, okay, okay, I, I, I see, Brain, what you did there. I actually... Yeah, exactly. This is not a good excuse. And you can use one of the other strategies to... Uh, to actually resist it or delay it or um, learn how to avoid it in the future. Yeah, completely. I mean, and 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 also you 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 have mentioned one of these um, that very often we also it's the hubris we think that we we got this like we are good. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. I have my morning routine, no problem. It's you know, I'll just slack off a few days, but but after that, I'm gonna get back on the bandwagon, no problem. Yeah, I I, I got really good this year about exercising and waking up at eight a.m. So it's okay if I skip yeah. it this week because something. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, this yeah. is yeah, this is us and the habits. I I, I liked the. The example of um, symbolic habits. So there are situations where you really, like, really, really can't keep a habit. Literally, for example, oh yes, you know, you, your kids are sick, so you can't go for a run or write for an hour every day. But in that situation, when you see that, okay, like it's not just loophole spotting, I really can't do it. You can keep it symbolically, like uh, write for 10 minutes instead of for an hour or go for a quick walk around your block instead for, uh, going for a run. Like at least do something like uh, at least do something like be okay that this is not what you should have done, but at least you're sort of reinforcing the intention. You're, you're strengthening the habit of the habit. It's, it's smart. It's good. It's, it's, it's a good idea actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, there's another piece of, uh, advice about exceptions, which is that, you know, like we, <sighs> You know, life's not static. Like sometimes, like we go for for a vacation, and it is very difficult to keep all of our habits. Like some of the the, the things we want to keep, like do something every day, like we can't in some situations. And it's much better. It's it's much better for sanity and for the strength of our habit if we always predecide on the exceptions. Like when we decide in advance, exactly. mm-hmm. not just before you're about to 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 stray from the habit, but way in advance, what are the parameters in which it is okay to skip a habit, right? Like say there's an example: you go on a vacation while you decide to study Spanish every morning for an hour, right? And like when you're on a vacation and you make spur of the mind decision not to study, you've broken the habit and you'll feel bad, you'll feel out of control. But if you predecide that uh, when on vacation it's okay to skip that habit, you you stay in control. And when you get back, you know that the habit is still there to keep. Of course, it will be still more difficult, but 
the the intention is is clear you're you're not reinforcing the habit of coming up with excuses on the moment you've made a decision a real decision not an excuse that in that circumstance it doesn't like it would be too hard to keep a habit so i skip and a, and a good advice that I, that I like from her is is to make exceptions matter right like will the exception be so memorable it was worth breaking the rule for Huh. If we're on a great vacation, then probably a lot of those habits are worth breaking the rule for because it will be memorable. You will come back to this memory and, and see, well, that was great a vacation. And you won't think of it as a, as your failure, right? Or uh, when you have a problem with binging on too many TV series, that's me. Um, you know, for me, an exception is okay because I enjoy it just too damn much. But it better if I pick a TV series so good, so good that it was it was worth binge watching for yeah that's true and um i i just for example for me when i was on vacation it was so hard to maintain my journaling habit oh yeah you know even though i have everything workflows everything there i kind of didn't do it and i think i think it was one of the failures for me to pre-decide because i had my phone with me so i was doing things on the phone but i wasn't doing the journaling you know it's kind of because i was out of my zone out of my moment out of my situation i was in a different house and and uh, i think it's it's important to really to again to pre-decide and 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 define what should and shouldn't be done and um mm-hmm. and after not doing journaling for the first two days of vacation i just completely lost it i just stopped yeah. you know doing it at all and then and now i'm back and it's harder to do journaling than before even though now i'm back home because i, I destroyed it well I, I i don't have the journal in in the same way in the same sense you do but i also have these these workflows which we've discussed for um you know reviewing the plan for the day planning the next day and uh-huh. uh, adding stuff to uh, to the magic spreadsheet along with a sort of micro journal just a, a two line sort of description of the most interesting uh, parts of, of the day and that's something that takes so little time and so little effort that for me there sh- there should be no exception because if I have my iPhone I can do it I can do it in two minutes so there's no yes. good reason not to do it and so I, I find the same thing you do that when I'm traveling it's hard but um, for me like in this instance, it's it's better if, like, on the week review before it, I, I think of the situation that is going to be hard and come up with a plan. Like, what what the things like I can do to to make it more likely that I do this habit and like strengthen it in this crucial moment. And I find that over time, as I uh, travel while trying to stick with with these few little sort of habits automated with the workflows. I'm getting better and better at it. Like the the habit sticks much more in my mind that it's not just something I do in my usual routine at home, but it's something I do like depending on time of the day, no matter where I am. And so over time, when you sort of flex those those muscles, you you sort of redefine the the cue and, and make it more likely to stick.